anger. Let's hear what God has laid on your heart. Oh, by the way, I appreciate Paul. I'll just brag on him a second. It's only been it's been 19 years since I think I came down the first time. My son Andy was five. He's 24 now, getting married next month. So it's been a few years. So it has been that long. I, Paul doesn't want me to clap for him, but he's. I don't know if I've met anybody with a more sensitive heart than Paul. So let's. I appreciate Paul. Thank you, sir. So you can now. I think he was five or six when I came. I'm not sure. That's right. I believe it was that long. Welcome to Senior High Week at Camp Tapawingo. Check out this next slide. Let me just see if I can if this works. It's going to be a quiz at the end of the week. Welcome to chapel. Yeah, that's my name. Some people call me Mr. Edgar, and Paul just, he calls me different things. Here's the next thing. I want to try to remind you of this. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and punch it. Paul, it's just that button right there. Just go ahead and punch it. <laughs> See, he, we're friends, but we're just, you know. I just, I'm not going to get up and lecture you like that. Matter of fact, I'm a lot like you. I will, this week while I'm getting up talking, yeah, I'm the speaker, but uh, I'll tell you about an 18.7 second movie that cost right around $150,000. I'll tell you about Virginia Tech because I, I grew up in Giles County and I used to go up Virginia Tech and play uh, tennis there. We're about 20 miles from Tech, so that's my backyard where I grew up. So I went down less than a week later after the shootings and was talking to some people because that's where, like my hometown. I just couldn't believe it kept showing up on the news. I like to tell stories from, uh, you know, my Cato books. And whether we're talking about the USS Indianapolis or whatever, I don't really lecture you. I just talk to you. Next one. Senior high. What's the first chapel of this year? This is it. So I'm the best speaker that's been here at camp so far. Hey, all right. Paul can tell me that later. All right, Paul. I have the delightful job being the mailman. My mom used to be a postmaster. I get to be the mailman for God this week as I deliver his letters. Anybody know what... Uh, you ever heard of the letter to the Corinthians or the letter to... You know, all that stuff. I've got a mail sack right here. It's called the Bible. And every night I'm going to read some letters to you. So let me give you this picture. As soon as you see this picture coming up... All right, Paul, you can... You can Anybody ever got a letter? Airmail? Anybody got one from another country? Yeah, so as soon as you see it, I can look at the envelope and tell a lot about it, such if it says right up here, Visa or MasterCard. I got a special container for those. You know, just put them right in there. I don't even open them. I get tired of heat. If you look up and see Grandma, what would be inside that? Money. Money. <laughs> see, y'all know. Well, if I look up and I see a letter and it says, now I'm going to catch you. Here are the two examples you just now gave. Visa or MasterCard, where do they go? Grandma's. Right, and we'll pick up this. And sad to say, some of you treat that those two extremes. Because some of you, oh, oh, Visa. That's about the way we treat it. We don't even read it. Here comes a preacher. Oh, uh, yeah, we haven't read it, read it in so long. But yet, some of you look at it like it's a letter from Grandma. Oh, yeah, wow. Let me see what's in there today. I hope I can change your mind when you get a letter this week. That it'll look like Grandma's letter by the time we get through. Okay, Paul. That's my tie going down. It's called Dad's tie. That's mine. Go ahead, Paul. Here's what I want you to do in chapel this week. We're going to do about three or four things. Here's the first thing. You're going to hear some music. Not on the violin, probably, but you're going to hear some music. And you can worship God through music. Paul didn't even know God's already using him. I want to talk about worship tonight. Isn't that neat, Paul? That's what God told me to tell you at first. We're going to do it through music sometimes. We might do it through this. This big letter that I get. Yeah. We might do it through this. I'll tell a story that will make some of you cry. 
And I might tell you a story that some of you would laugh at. Well, you could laugh until you cry, yeah. Or you could just cry until you... Okay, let's just let that go. How about this one right here? And yet it's strange, but we're having church. Because see, some people have got... Did you see that little skit that Paul or that little film clip and he started off with? The me church. You know, it's all about me. Some people think you can't even have church at camp. Because we get people, they get close to God, they get saved, they rejoice in this, and now i got to go back to church. Well, we've been having church all week. Well, my church is not like this. Church is anywhere God is, right? So I can worship Him in my car. I stick Stephen Curtis in. I'm having church going down the road. Yeah. Stephen Curtis is a... Well, he's a, between Max Licato and Stephen Curtis. I went to the Civic Center back at home. It's a Salem Civic Center and a Roanoke Civic Center. And I teach driver's ed. And so I pulled up and let a couple of my kids off. And one of the students ran in because his mom works at the Civic Center. And I dropped him off that day. I'd never been to the Civic Center. Not to drop people off. And I said, okay. I'll... And I heard music. I thought, wow. Somebody must be having church in there. So I closed the door real quick and looked. Ran inside there. Opened up a door. Stephen Curtis Chapman was getting a concert that night. So he's up there in a, in a jacket, you know. He's got his ball going on because he's freezing there in that Civic Center. He's just talking to people. And when I walked in, they were doing uh, a song that the, literally the hair started standing up on me because they were worshiping so much. They're doing a sound check, and I'm back there almost crying. And we're going, yeah, sound check. Forget the sound check. J- Jesus is a check. He's grabbing hold of my heart. And so I, I walked through there. He's not even supposed to be in there. Then I walked down this center aisle, and I thought, why not go up there and say something to him? Because they finished right there, and he turned around. This guy on a scooter drove up close by. <sighs> Could I help you? You can't, but... He can't. Because I just wanted to holler at him a second. Well, does he know you're coming in? I said, I don't know. And he turned around and walked off for a second. I said, well, I was just going to holler. I think he's really busy. And he came back out and I said, just wanted to tell you, my name is Edgar Moser. And between you and Max Licato's books, your music just touched my heart. I love you, brother. He's a total stranger. He said, well, I appreciate that. And he said, you're right about Max Licato's books. And I said, how's your daughter, Emily? She got, oh, yeah, she got her license. She's a freshman in college now. How about, you know, and you ask him how Joshua came. And all these, the guy on the scooter's going, He's just, cause he's, I'm just carrying on a conversation. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go get my wife. We're going to come back and we're watching concert in a little bit. And that was his concert that he wanted to make much of Jesus that year. He said, hey, take care. The guy on the scooter is still watching. And I go back out and go home. And I tell my wife, we're going to a concert tonight. Yeah. I said, guess who I just talked to? <laughs> Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> and he's coming to the house. What? No, I just said, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool? Maybe I can get him to sing for Andy's wedding. I was having church in the Civic Center. By the way, raise your hand if you even know Stephen Curtis Chapman. I just wonder because you know what? I'll show you a clip of him this week when he started off. It was 1987. Got up. You know, you ever seen those people? You know. And his his youth pastor stands up and says, I'm going to introduce a guy tonight. I hope he's not too nervous. His name's Stephen Curtis Chapman. Y'all just try to listen to him. Got about 18 people on folding chairs listening to him. He sold out to Vine Center to 5,000 people a few years later. He says he still can't believe the the trip that he's taking. He says, sometimes it's scary. I sit down. I don't. I'm quoting him. He said, I sit down with Mary Beth and cry because I think, what's this journey that the Lord's taking me on? Could God do that with you and me? You don't have to be Stephen Kershaven. We're going to worship this week. Here's the next slide. What's the goal then? I want you to do three things tonight. You're going to do this. Have everyone do what? Pause. You've been busy today. Forget about the ropes. Forget about swimming pool. Forget about anything. I just want you to pause tonight. I was going to say you could even close your eyes, but some of you might nod off. Just pause. Here's the second P. Ponder. My favorite, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, it says when Jesus was, Mary was told that she would 
have a baby. She had him, laid him in a manger, and it says the three wise men came up. People were visiting, and it said Mary pondered these things in her heart. She thought carefully about them. That's what I want you to do. And the last one, if I can just remind you of Jesus, say something. I'm going to show you a clip this week of the Passion. Uh, if you can watch that and still walk away unchanged, something's wrong. I'll check you for a pulse after that. Okay, next slide, please. Who's we? Paul, I, staff, counselors, whoever. We welcome you. I feel like I'm a family down here. been here almost 20 years. I'll welcome you. Hope you'll feel right at home. And just to help you do that, here's a picture. How many people got a favorite chair at the house? Yeah, that's it this week. That's what I'll tell you. I know that's not your favorite chair, but that'll have to do right up there. Okay, next one. We're just rolling right through these. This is what I do the first night just to get to know you. One man dead, one man danced. I've got a Bible story for you tonight. One man dead, one man dancing. One man did not dance. He didn't get a chance. He died before he got a chance. Another man was dancing because the first man being dead. What caused him to do that? Here's the story. You're going to not necessarily cry, but which one do you think is crying? <laughs> no, he couldn't, he couldn't cry. He's dead. Oh, the friends around him. By the way, I wonder what that guy's job was that died. Must have been way out of fellowship with God, right? Guess what his job was? Priest. The man dancing? Well, he was smiling, that's for sure. Okay, next. You ever felt like that? That's like some of you right now. What's the Pythagorean theorem? A squared plus B squared equals C squared, right? You got that? Guess who the Pythagorean theorem is by? A man named... Yeah, sort of like who's burying Grant's tomb? Who's a Washington, who's a Washington monument named after? Who wrote Brahms Lullaby? See there? Brahms, not Brahms all about when these last names. Some of you are sort of confused. Uh, matter of fact, when I first heard this story from the Bible, I'm going to ask you, when we check this out tonight, here's my question to God. Why? Why'd you kill a man? I don't see what he did really wrong. You'll see what he did wrong when you check out the story. Okay, let's get started reading our first letter from God. Here's his first letter. Here it is. Dear, and you just fill in your name right there. Would you say your first name? Everybody at the same time. Dear, I've got a letter from you. This is from God. He just lets me read it. If you want to read it with me, we're going to open up the letter to 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6 is in the Old Testament. Okay, next. Here's our letter. One man's going to die, one man's going to dance. What's the difference? Why did this happen? It's a good story. Let's go to the Old Testament and read a story about a man named David. He's going to be in this story. And a man named... Well, I'm going to say Uzzah. It's an odd name. You probably don't have any friends named that. Let's figure... Let's figure out what one man did right, what one man did wrong. Thank you. Sorry. Well, if you got to read God's Word, you got it. Thank you. It's probably easier to read with the light on. Everybody got Second Samuel? You didn't bring a Bible to chapel? It's sort of like showing up a racetrack, no car. I will read if you'll listen. Let's make sure to make not... Read this last sentence right here. Let's make sure to not make the same mistake in our lives we seek to worship the Lord. Paul talked about worship tonight. I appreciated that. These two guys are going to worship. Well, we're stretching on one, but really that's what they're going to do. Indiana Jones, they made a famous movie. It's called The Raiders of the What? Lost Ark. Anybody remember how that Ark was moved in that movie? Carefully. But uh, they put 
archaea poles through the top part, and when you would lift it, you'd carry it like that. No one was allowed to what? Touch it. You can't touch it. See, even you know that. You're not a Bible scholar. Some of you might be. I don't know. So Raiders of the Lost Ark, these guys are moving the ark. Guess how Ezra wanted to move it? Now, he didn't even give it to that much credit, first of all. Okay, let's say the Queen of England showed up. She showed up in Virginia, by the way, in Williamsburg. What did she, how did she transport her around? Well, they didn't get a private jet just yet. They got her in here somehow, and then they put her in a limousine. And then they put her, just think if she would have came in, I said, listen, I'm Edgar Moser, I live in Roanoke, and I want you to jump in the back of a Volkswagen Beetle, and we're just going to take it out. Matter of fact, nah, I can't even do that. We've got a flatbed truck for you. Can you jump on the back? <laughs> Queen of England? And then we're going to take you down. We're probably going to take you to Claytor Lake and let you just camp out for the week. She'd probably be looking at me like, not me. Well, guess what? That's how they transported the ark. The ark represented who? God. Guess what Uzzah wanted him to do? Flatbed. A cart drawn by an ox. What are you supposed to do? Put it with archaea poles. Carry it. He puts it on a big ox cart. He's carrying it down the road. How much respect do you think he's got for this ark? Not a lot at all. And if this represents God, we're going to learn about his mistake. David again brought together out of Israel chosen men, 30,000 in all. He and his men set out from Bela of Judah to bring up there the ark of God. Part of that movie, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, is actually accurate. The ark looks like it's supposed to. Which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between cherubim and on the ark. You've Remember the angels, cherubim at the top? That's called a mercy seat. We'll take it off. What three things are in this ark, by the way? They call it the budding, yeah, the budding staff of Aaron, but that's close enough. I'll take the staff. Ten commandments and something else? Jar of what? Jar of manna. So you got the provision of God, got the power of God, got the presence of God. And this man goes, big deal. Uh, he's not here, so I'll brag on him just a little bit. Channel 7, the local TV station. I called him one day because I love him a lot. I just like to give him credit. I called him and said, you know, they're doing a lot of stories on the Queen of England and some of these people are saying stuff that it's not, it's not true. Matter of fact, is there such a person as the Queen of England? She's the Queen of Great Britain. It's a difference. Oh, well, that's just... A, no. I said, you know, my son knows him. I said, is your son... Yeah, Andy Moser. Yeah, we talked to him a couple years ago. Can we do... Channel 7 come over to the house, pulls up in front, comes in with a camera and interviews him for about half an hour. Puts it on the news that evening. And I went... Wow. You think Andy respects the queen? Oh, yeah. If you see he and Ashley's wedding in a few weeks, you'll probably think it's Prince Charles and Lady Di getting married because a lot of it's going to have a couple of the songs, the same one. They do some of the things the same. He has a respect and doesn't even know this person. He has seen her. But if I ask you, can you name me somebody in your life that you... Oh, yeah, you're talking about you just being all of. Anybody ever met someone, a celebrity? Paul, have you ever met some like a singing group, you know, stuff like that? Remember a couple of years ago you showed me a film that you'd met somebody? Well, when I met Stephen Curtis that day, I went, how you doing? I'm ten years older than he is and I'm sort of in awe of him. But of course, he's won four Grammys and 36 Dove Awards. So, I mean, it's sort of like it's not every day I meet somebody like that. Have you ever met somebody? It's sort of neat. Wow, wow, you are you know who you are? <laughs> yes, I do. Has anybody ever heard of Michael Jordan? I've never met him. I just thought I'd ask you if you've heard of Okay. They brought the ark close. Here's what happens. The man didn't mean any harm. I don't guess. But something happens. When they came to the threshing floor, 
Verse 6, When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out, took hold of the ark of God, because the oxen stumbled. You think, well, he's just going to catch the ark before it comes off this. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down and he died right there beside the ark of God. Okay, if you've never heard this story before, how many people think that's unfair? Nobody? That's what you might think. That's what my first thought is. You killed him, God, and all he's trying to do is just study the ark. Oh, you got to know the rest of the story. And then I, I changed my mind later and said, God, you're absolutely right. God's always right. But then I, I realized why. Why do you think God struck him? He didn't show respect or disrespect. How did he show disrespect? You might be right. Just keep going. Okay, there you go. So if somebody says, Hey, I heard Jesus was coming to your house. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where's, where's he at? Well, he's out back in the backyard, I think. Wow, he, he ought to be in here. Some of you right now, I can't read your mind, but like right here, right now, some of you are almost like, Wow, this is cool. This is chapel. Other rest, I wish you'd quit talking. Who are you anyway? Dr. Phil? You know, y'all just look at me like... <laughs> You know, it's like, y'all don't care. How do you know us? I just know human hearts. Jonathan Edwards, a guy that wrote literature years ago, he said it's going to be dangerous one day for a sinner to fall into the hand of who? An angry God. And some of us are like, yeah, who cares? That's the way Ezra did. By the way, Ezra's job was a priest. When's the last time you think he worshipped? Yeah, it's called David, Zing, Uzra. I know you're the priest. Can you, you know where the ark is? I think it's out back somewhere. Yeah, here it is. Here it is over here. What do you want it for? We're going to worship. Well, I have some of the men to bring it up. You don't even know where it is. Wow. So he shakes the dirt off, puts it on an ox cart, and brings it in. David the king wants it so he can worship. Uzra doesn't even know what it represents. So it starts to stumble and Uzzah reaches out and grabs it. David hears about this and look at verse 8. David, you guys that raised your hand didn't understand it? Hey, I'm with you. David was was too until he had it explained to him. Look at verse 8. David was angry. God, what did you kill him for? Uzzah. He's dead. Just laying there cold as 4 o'clock. David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah and to this day that place is called Perez Uzra, which means outbreak. There you go. David was afraid of the Lord. Ooh, now we're starting to get respect. I guarantee you, if you were sitting there mumbling around in church, let's just pretend, none of you ever do. But anyway, let's just say you're mumbling around, a preacher stood up on this coming Sunday and said, I need everyone's attention. Yeah, he go, <laughs> Do I have everybody's attention? <laughs> yeah, if you're going to start shooting people, you got it. What changed your mind? Because I'm scared now. Some of the rest of you don't know. If we were having a bank robbery and a guy said, next person speaks, dies. Some of y'all would be dead in about a tenth of a second. Because you, you can't shut up. Well, you mean me? You mean I'm on to You want me to be quiet? You mean... Ah! You're sitting there. You know, I just can't just keep on talking. Die. Shut up! See, I teach school. I know. If I told some people you'll go to the office the next time you do this, just go ahead and send them. Save time. Because as soon as you tell them not to, it's okay. I read the Daily Bread one time in a, uh, one of these devotions. 
Some of y'all with attention deficit disorder, I better pick it up. Because my son does too. Things will distract him. I read the Daily Bread and they said on the outside of this, a man checked into a hotel, had a little balcony, had a little glass on the front and it had some letters that had been scraped off. He couldn't quite see what it was. He happened to think of that before he checked out and said, what were those letters on the outside of the little glass balcony there when you step out? He said, we used to have no fishing from the balcony. Why did we think he scraped the letters off? Why do you think he scraped the letters off? Everyone fished from the balcony. He said, we scraped the letters off. There's not a problem with it anymore. Why? Because you tell them not to, they'll do it. Why is that? It's called sin nature. So, we don't worry about it anymore. The moment you know you can't do something. <clears throat> David's anger is burning. God, what do you do? God says, if you'd only understand. Let me explain it to you. He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it aside to the house of Odom, Edom, the Gittite. And David said, let the ark remain there. Why? I want to go prepare myself for worship. How do you get ready for church on Sunday? Here's how some people do. They get out and call, yeah, take a shower and all that stuff. But they go down, Mom, you got to open Yeah, You know, you drive all the way to church. And the family's like, the devil's just raking you. Time you get to church, holy. And you're so angry, by the time you get in there, why? The devil just loves it because he's destroyed your worship time. So worship doesn't begin when you walk into church? No, hours before that. Worship doesn't begin when you walk into church no more than a doctor's education begins when he takes a scalpel. I hope he knows what he's doing before he picked that scalpel up. About nine years ago, I hope he does. Now, where'd you say his stomach was? You know, it's too late. Well, it's too late when you walk in to preach. So right now, if we get real quiet and say, Oh God, you know, I got my mind going like this. Please stop that. I don't want to be like us. Or I don't want to. And you got to calm yourself down and say, now let's worship. Think David did that? Let me just show you what happened when David did that. He got to the side. And, and I can just imagine David's prayer. God, I don't know why you killed him, but I'm beginning to understand. He just yanked up that ark like it was no big deal. Well, I don't want to be like that. Would you forgive me of anything that I've ever done? And if my mind, my heart is not right, God says, I will. Now they bring the ark up between two archaea poles and they set it down and David wants to worship. David had such a good time. What did he do before he started worshiping? He did what? Got his heart right. Now watch. When your heart gets right first, God, you know, forgive me of my sins, cleanse my heart, open my eyes like a song says, open the eyes of my heart so I can see you. Now I'm ready. And God shows up. God shows up in such a big fashion. Watch what David. Now David's a king. Remember I told you about the Queen of England? She probably walks real dainty. Always has this wave. Kings don't act that way, do they? Well, to a certain degree, the king's gonna king's gonna have a yeah. What if you saw a king dancing? Shh, don't tell anybody. It's a Bible story nobody's ever heard before. But listen. He even stripped down to an epod, which is what the priest wore, it'd be about like a t shirt. So what did David just now do? He took his shirt off. David's got his shirt off, walking around in a t-shirt, going, yeah, praise, and he's going like this. He's so caught up. I'll get off subject and just tell you one little quick thing. Don't worry about what people do around you when they worship God. Next time you're in church and somebody says, don't go, put your hand out, David. You know. <laughs> don't do that. If that's how, if that's how they worship, you let them be. 
Now, again, don't draw undue attention to yourself. You know, if you're over there going like this or something and you're in the midst of the old folks' home and people like this with walkers and you're going like... You're, you're drawing undue attention to yourself. But I'm just talking about normally if someone went like this. Don't be bent out of shape. David has somebody make fun of him for doing this. This is a great story. You say, wow. So David was dancing. But he wasn't dancing just for... What's the, what's the theme this week? It's not about me. David wasn't going, I think I hope I look good. No, he didn't. He was just saying, God, I love... Yeah, man. And he's caught up in the moment there just for a second. I mean, do you really... Have you been to a football game before you jump up and cheer? How many of you think just before you jump up? Most of you don't. I doubt if anyone does. He's going to touchdown. He... <clears throat> Yay! <laughs> no, you don't. I had a woman behind me about 800 years old at a Giles football game. In my, in my old high school, they've won the state a couple times. I've got some pictures, and I'm going to show you this week too. They won back, to, well, they played in back to back state championships. And up Giles, they take this seriously. And this woman, she stood up, she's about 80 years old, you know. Bless her heart. She got caught up in the moment. Somebody intercepted a pass for Giles, took off running down through there. They're against Giles. This woman is from Giles. And she said, Captain! <laughs> she didn't stop there. Captain! I thought, gosh. Here's her next line. Are you ready for this? This is an 80-year-old woman. Rip his face off! <laughs> I was going... 80 years old, rip his face off? Where'd that... You okay? I could, we could have probably just picked her up. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm going! She goes, okay. What is she, what is she caught up in? What kind of enthusiasm is that right there? Do you think she's thinking of what she's saying? I've been there before too. I've said something and all at once it's just, I think my sister even used to tell me that. I would cheer and my sister would go, as if you're yelling too loud. People are starting to look at you. But I was called up. Look in your Bibles and I'll show you how David's called up. David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out. He says, I don't understand. But then he prayed and he did understand. Verse 12, King David was told, The Lord has blessed the household though, but even because the ark stayed there in this area. As soon as God shows up, things are getting better. Because the ark of God was there. So David went down, brought the ark of God from the house of Odomedom to the city of David with rejoicing. Now watch this. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps... He sacrificed before it. David was wearing a linen ephod. That's what priests used to wear. He was dancing before the Lord with all his might. Not half worship. This is his full heart. And while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets, and as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, watch this, someone makes fun of him. Not just anyone though. Guess who makes fun of him? His wife. Michael. Watch this. Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him. You're going to have friends when you go back home and say, man, we had a great time worshiping the Lord. Your friends will make fun of you. That Lord stuff. They'll, they'll, they'll treat God like Ezra. I don't got to care. I don't do that. Wait a minute, man. You don't, let me tell you about my week. See, they weren't here, so they didn't experience God. And they'll be like Michael, David's own wife. What are you doing? Watch what she says to him. This is cold. David wearing... The linen danced before the Lord. While the entire house is watching him now, when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. 
David's sacrifice, burnt offering. See, David's treating it with respect. This is the second offering he's given. Fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he'd finished sacrificing, watch what happens when you, when you really worship the Lord. Your heart changes so that you become another person. What do you mean? Watch what David does. Does he get stingy and greedy? Oh no, he wants to give. Watch what he gives. After he'd finished sacrificing, burnt offerings, fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israel. We're talking about, talking about thousands, both men and women. Line it up. I want to feed everybody here. What a giving heart. God changes you. You're not Scrooge. You're not Ebenezer Scrooge when God takes over you. What else? David returned home to bless his house. So Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing. He didn't disrobe. He took his shirt off. Notice how people exaggerate. Well, y'all, one of them Jesus freaks. Now, I'm a Christian, sold out for God, not a freak. You know, how people exaggerate when we get right with God. Disrobing in the sight of the slave girls. In other words, yeah, you just took your shirt off, so all the girls go, hey, look at King David. What did he take his shirt off for? He was worshiping God. People misinterpret. If you go like this, yeah, you're just trying to draw attention. What are you talking about? <laughs> Disrobing in the sight of the slave girls. That's why you did that. David said to Michael, it was before the Lord, that's who I was doing it for, who chose me rather than your father or anyone from the house when he appointed me ruler over Lord's, Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. Wow. He made up his mind to celebrate. This week is uh, a week of worship, and by the end of the week, I hope you'll celebrate. I hope you're glad that you came, but uh, which one are you going to be like this? Paul, I guess, did that just die or did that? Okay, sorry. I had one last picture I just wanted to show you. I just had to say that to tomorrow. I won't even tell you what it's like. It's a place where people worship, and whew, it's different than any place I'd seen. I happened to see it last summer, but I'll save that. Two choices tonight, David, Ezra. One's a priest, one's a king. Both pretty high, but one of the priests, well, he should be really close to God. Would you close your eyes? Bow your head, please. Lord, I'm going to give you three choices to the young people here tonight. One is to ignore whatever God's saying to them. The other one is to receive it. And the other one is to wait. And that's what we do in every worship service we ever seem to have, whether it's our churches back home. Some people accept what we're talking about. Other people say, nah, not for me. And other people say, well, maybe later. Well, Lord, tonight all I've challenged my friends, to do tonight is just to worship you with a good heart. David got his heart right. Everything else fell into place. So, Lord, tonight, if our hearts are not right, for those who want to do something about it, may they right now say, Jesus, forgive me of letting my mind be somewhere else. Forgive me of for letting things get in between me and you. So, Lord, would you just remove those? I just ask you to forgive me and refresh me. And I rededicate myself to you. And some of you choose to do that you want to have a great week at camp and not only just for camp you're going to go back home a different person others of you say mm, nah not for me and others of you say maybe tomorrow maybe some other time but it's your choice God never forces his way on anybody so Jesus tonight I'll offer this prayer up for my friends would you touch your hearts and some will respond to you and others might just wait others might say no but Lord I pray that we'd be like David he didn't care what friends around thought of him. He just wanted to worship you. But Lord, he treated you with respect. He knew that he was coming before an awesome God. So Lord, I pray we do that tonight. We've asked you to come in. We've invited you here. If you were here in person, would you give, would you give you your best place 
We probably would. We'd want you to sit up front before anybody because you're God. Lord, may we give you the closest place to, and that's our heart. If someone here doesn't know you, I pray that you just speak to their heart this week so they would by the end of the week. I love you, Jesus. I thank you for being here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you, um, Paul, we late? Are we late? Uh, do we need to go somewhere? Probably. I'll close. Uh, got any questions? Anything? Remember, it's a quiz tomorrow. It's a quiz. That, uh, my wife's name's Jenny. She was named Virginia. They nicknamed her Jenny. She is from the state of Virginia. Um, Robert E. what? Lee. Jenny's middle name is Lee, so Virginia Lee. That's yeah. We've been married 26 years. Last Wednesday was our 26th wedding anniversary. I'm now 52. I've been married half my life. That was a milestone too. And he's 24. He's going to be married on 07, 07, 07. So tomorrow I've got six questions for you. What's Andy's wife's future wife's name? Ashley. Ashley Lauren. So Ashley Lauren will marry James Andrew on 07, 07, 07. Hmm. I'm the only one here from that family. That's why I brag on him. Jenny's still in school. She has school till Friday. I have school till Wednesday. So what am I here for? I just asked special permission. Said I need to go down there and deliver God's word. Okay. So they let me out. We got exams tomorrow, so I'm I'm glad I'm missing them. Somebody can take my place. I'm not indispensable. We are finished. Paul, you got any announcements? Come on up. I will sit down. You can have the podium and let's hear it for Paul. <laughs>